Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Our buddy Mike Florio is the founder of Pro Football Talk. He's on Twitter at Pro Football Talk, and he's got a new book out. It is a holiday book on our way home and... Mike is donating the proceeds to a local animal shelter, just $9.99 in the paperback version, or I need paperback versions. But if you're an ebook person, $3.99. Mr. Florio, good morning. Happy post-Thanksgiving week. Thanks uh, for making time, pal. Hey, appreciate it. Good to be with you. Thanks for the pop, $3.99. There ain't a damn thing you can buy for $3.99, and there isn't much you can buy for $9.99. I know. I've checked. I can't even get a coffee for $3.99 anymore, Florio. Like that's That's amazing, bro. Well, it's priced to sell, and hopefully it will, and I appreciate the effort to try to get the word out. And, again, we're just trying to raise a little money for a good cause, and I also think it's a good, uplifting, positive book. It's a little dark at times, but I think at the end it all ties together, and it's a strong, positive message that I think people need to hear during the holidays and really any time of the year. Great gift. It is Christmas season and this will have the double advantage of also going to a local animal shelter, as Mike told you. Uh, last night, not a great night, not a great football game to watch, maybe until the end. What does last night's performance do, Mike, do you think, or, or not, for how the Bears make an assessment on Justin Fields and going forward? I think it's still incomplete. They've got a very complicated, risky decision to make here. You've got a guy, and I compare these picks in the draft to lottery tickets. You've got a guy in Justin Fields where you're still not quite sure what it's going to look like when you scratch off the last of that silver paint. But you're holding on to the ticket for now, and you want to see what it's going to become. So what you need to do is you need to ask yourself after the season, do we start from scratch when it comes to scratching a new ticket? Do we take the risk that we're going to get a guy who doesn't pan out? Do we take the risk that Justin Fields is going to go somewhere else and become the franchise quarterback he could have become here? There are different layers and levels of risk here. It is not a good problem to have. It is a problem because whatever you do, there's a chance you're going to get this wrong if you're the Bears. You could get it wrong by keeping field and passing on a potential franchise quarterback that you could take with Carolina's first pick in the draft, or there's a risk that that you you swap out and Justin Fields balls out and the guy that you get washes out. So – it's, it's tough. And based on what we saw last night, yeah, they won the game. But, you know, a lot of passes out of behind the line of scrimmage, a couple of fumbles in the fourth quarter that could have turned a victory into a loss. And, and not enough yet. You know, I say there are three types of teams in the NFL. There are teams that have franchise quarterbacks and know it. There are teams that don't and know it. And then there's that group of teams that is like, well, you know, we got a guy and Maybe he can become a franchise quarterback. We just we aren't sure yet. We haven't declared it yet. That's what the Bears have to do after this season. Up or down, yes or no, Fields is our guy or he's not our guy, and then they have to act accordingly, and they can't look back once they make that decision. 
Mike Florio here on the show on Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. You mentioned that pick that the Bears have from, from Carolina. Things are not all rainbows and puppy dogs there as well. Obviously, Frank Reich joins Ron Rivera and Matt Rule on the list of coaches that have been fired by David Tepper in season, if I, if I remember right. Obviously, there's been a lot of turnover there. How much of Carolina's problem is an ownership problem versus whatever else is going on there? The bulk of it is the ownership problem. Look, owners need to realize that just because they made a ton of money in some other line of work and were wildly successful and built an empire. And, oh, I've been watching football my whole life. It looks simple. I'm smart. I can work hard. I can apply my sheer force of will that propelled me to the top of the industry that I chose that wasn't football and make it transferable and translatable to football. Well, the problem is most of the owners are in the same boat. These are all folks, except for the ones who inherit it, these are folks who have built a fortune, and they know how to be successful in business. The question is, do you know when to back off and just be a fan, be a fan who counts the money, who doesn't pay the money? You're no different than a fan except the fact that you get the money, you don't give the money, and that should be enough. Sit in the luxury suite, schmooze with the, the, you know, the, the sponsors and whoever else is there, people from the network, whatever it is, and let the football people do their thing. When you, you know, uh, no one can do their best possible job when they feel someone hovering over their shoulder. In your own place of work, you know, hey, if your producer is constantly hovering over your shoulder, your boss is constantly watching everything you say, and you're constantly getting emails and texts about what you say, it's going to affect your ability to be the best you can be. And I think that's the problem in Carolina. David Tepper's too involved. David Tepper is too inclined to make his wishes known. And the people who work for him, who want to continue to work for him, just defer. How do you not defer to a multi-billionaire who owns the team? He needs to back off. And, you know, the reality is the other owners who know what they're doing, they see this and they love it. They love it. They love competing against someone like David Tepper. So I feel bad for Panthers fans because you can fire everybody in the organization except the owner. And they're stuck with him until he moves on. Florio, I got sideways with some uh, with some some Broncos fans for daring to suggest that they didn't have a good start to their season. But obviously, things have gone pretty well now. Are you buying the Denver Broncos and the momentum that they've put together as a legitimate football team over the sort of close of the season? Are, are they what we saw at the beginning of the year, or are they what that we've seen over the last five games? Well, I, I think that when we get to Thanksgiving and into December, what you're doing as that part of your approach is it's a combination of learning from your mistakes, improving on the fly, trying to get better. When they beat the Chiefs, that was a big deal. They beat the Bills, that was a big deal. They've strung these wins together. They're learning how to win. They've learned how to forget the problems of the past, the 70-point debacle against the Dolphins. That would have been enough to fold tents and just give up. So I give them a ton of credit. And, you know, this is not a popular thing to say, not that that ever stops me, but when you look at all the – quotes from Sean Payton to Jarrett Bell of USA Today from late July and how he got criticized for that. And look, these are things he shouldn't have said on the record. My own theory is he didn't realize he was on the record, but he's not going to come out and say that because he should know after being in media for a year, the difference between on and off the record. And he's been in coaching long enough to know that if you don't say off the record, whatever you say can and will be used against you. When you look at what he said, both as it relates to last year with the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett, and look at what the Jets are doing this year or not doing. Everything he said was right. It was strong language. It was over the top, and it was probably meant to be off the record. But everything he said is coming to fruition. The Broncos are becoming a playoff team. The Jets are a hot mess on offense. 
and whoever was in charge last year of the Broncos screwed up Russell Wilson. Mike Florio, I love the candor and the accuracy here on CBS Sports Radio. Mike, where would you slot the Jags and the Dolphins in, in, in sort of the, the pecking order of would-be contenders or whatever they are in, in the NFL? Well, look at the AFC. Look at the teams that have three losses, the Ravens. Now, they're a half game ahead of the pack because they played an extra game and they're off this weekend, but they've got three losses. The Dolphins have three losses. The Chiefs have three losses. The Jaguars have three losses. I think one of those teams is going to end up with the one seed. I don't think one of the other teams with four or five losses is going to pull the inside straight and emerge with it. So Miami, they've got that reputation of losing to good teams and beating bad teams. They're going to have to prove themselves down the stretch. But the Jaguars are in a great spot. Yeah, they play the Browns and the Ravens still coming up. And that Ravens-Jaguars game may be the one that determines the number one seed. The Jaguars, I believe, learned a valuable lesson when they got stomped by the 49ers a couple of weeks ago. They could have gone two different ways after that. They could have just said, oh, we're not ready to compete with the best of the best, and it all falls apart. But I think what they experienced at the hands of the 49ers, they took to heart. I think it was a turning point. We're going to start hearing quotes, I believe, from people with that organization on how important it was to do soul-searching and understand. And we all, we all have these experiences in whatever we do, whether it's our job, whether it's education, whether it's a hobby. You reach a certain level, and the question is, are we going to find a way to take this to the next level? And I think the Jaguars are in the process of taking things to the next level, as evidenced by what they saw firsthand from how the 49ers play. And, you know, last year it was the loss of the Broncos in London that was the turning point. I think getting stomped by the 49ers is going to help this team, and they're still very much alive to be the top seed in the AFC, which will be shocking if it happens to a lot of people but when you look at how they've played this year and how they're playing now and going to Houston and beating the Texans, I think it, it, it is not going to be a surprise if you've been paying attention. Mike, speaking of the Niners, a bit, bit of an eyebrow raiser that, that they are, or at least they opened as, as favorites, a field goal favorite over Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Are the Niners legitimately that good on paper, that, that much at least before you play it, better than, than Philly? I think the 49ers if all their key players are healthy or the best team in football, possibly with a gap between them and number two. But the thing that makes the 49ers great is having a bunch of guys who will roll out of bed and run through a wall. The reality is sometimes the wall wins and you get guys hurt. And when key players are hurt, that's when the 49ers hit their rough spot. They didn't have Trent Williams. They didn't have Debo Samuel. They lost some games. They're fully healthy. And I think another thing to keep in mind this weekend, the 49ers have a few extra days to get ready. And the Eagles went through that overtime, hard-fought, scratch-and-claw, find-a-way win over the Bills. Are they going to be able to load it up and do it again when the 49ers are coming in as the team that's rested and didn't go through a really tough Week 12 game? I think the 49ers will outplay the Eagles. The question is, can the Eagles find a way to outscore them like they did with Buffalo? But Buffalo outplayed the Eagles, and the Eagles just found a way. I think it's going to be a different experience altogether with the 49ers this weekend talking to mike florio here on cbs sports radio mike you brought up in in the context a few minutes ago of of david tepper of just if you're an nfl owner you kind of hire the right nfl people and let them let them do what they do if it's an if if bill belichick is available next year if he's no longer a patriot would he be in your mind if you're an nfl owner the right person to hire to coach your team and as a part of that question would you be willing, if it's a requirement of Bill Belichick's, to also let him run the front office? 
See, that's the key. What guardrails do you put on Bill Belichick? Because for being a great coach, he is a crappy general manager. And for a while, his coaching was overcoming his deficiencies when it comes to personnel evaluation. I mean, I'd be tempted to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm happy to hire you, but we got to bring back Scott Pioli. we got to get him back in the mix as the guy who sets the table because he was the guy for the first three Super Bowl wins. Or we got to find a way to get Nick Casario away from the Texans. Not that that's going to happen given what the Texans have built. But it can't just be Bill Belichick and a bunch of folks around him who aren't helping protect him from himself and guide him in the right direction toward the right players. You know, one of the criticisms I've heard of the Patriots now there's, a, there's just a lot of people around front office and coaching staff that really aren't the best of the best. And it's the indirect nepotism that comes into play, the grows and the wolves. And, you know, you've got a couple of Belichicks on staff, but you've got friends, kids who get jobs and have high positions. And, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and it's who knows you. And, and I think that may be one of the issues with the Patriots right now. So I think he can still be a great coach. You just have to have a situation where he's got a limit on what he's able to do. You don't want to just throw in the keys and say, have at it. But that may be what he wants, you know. And the challenge is going to be finding a situation where somebody really wants him and he really wants to be there. I think the Buccaneers will really want him. Will he really want to be there? And, you know, part of what you may have to do is give him more than you should and set him up to not be successful. He, he's only hurting himself if he demands full control. But the question is, will he admit that to himself or anyone else? Would, would the Chargers, presuming that job is open, would that be a job that you think would, would be a fit for, for Belichick if the right guardrails were put in place? Well, uh, yeah, what are you doing with Tom Telesco, the GM of the team? What, what is ownership willing to do? How much are you going to pay him? And is Justin Herbert the kind of attraction that we assume he is? I think at some point it's fair to just have the conversation on whether or not he's a franchise quarterback. He's a big, strong guy, and he makes big throws, and he had that game against the Raiders to wrap up the regular season a couple of years ago where he converted like 73 fourth downs, and, and it builds a legend that doesn't – get washed away but you know at some point and i say this about josh allen too it gets it yeah it's a it's a sore subject for chris sims who does pft live with me several times a week because he's a big josh allen believer i think there's more than just having the ability to throw a football over them mountains i think there's more that goes into being a franchise quarterback and i think with both herbert and allen there are deficiencies when it comes to leadership teammate accountability taking charge of the situation. There's a certain personality you have to have. It's either innate or the coaches have to draw it out of you. But it's that Peyton Manning, get pissed off, knock tables over, throw chairs. And I don't mean that literally, although maybe I do. But somebody who's not going to tolerate mediocrity. I used to say about Matthew Stafford in Detroit, great quarterback, great passer. But he just seemed to be fine with the fact that they stunk. Would Peyton Manning have tolerated a decade of stink with the Lions? Or would he have said, we've got to make this place better or I want out? And it took Matthew Stafford all those years to finally say, you know what, I probably should go. So long story bearable, I just wonder if Justin Herbert really is quote-unquote franchise quarterback. And maybe Belichick is exactly what could draw it out of him. Maybe having a coach like Belichick tell him the hard truths and coach him hard is what he needs. So – if I'm Belichick, that's the team I'm interested in because 
I see this lump of clay that I could craft into another Tom Brady potentially. So, yeah, it makes sense. But, again, how much money does he want? How much power does he want? And is he willing to move all the way to the other side of the country? Mike Florio, as always, man, stellar stuff. Appreciate the time. Hell of an interview. Thank you for, for being on the show. Thanks, Todd. Good talking to you. Florio, dude. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.